can a clown tell us about living better? So we wear the wet nose for your safety and ours. It's, it's like a condom of comedy. How do we experience pleasure? Pain needs something, and pleasure or joy does not. It's just joy. Can we be enlightened and amused? I mean, yeah. I've done some crazy shit, and there is a mystery, and I, it makes me very pleased. This week, Adrian Danzig on Nine Questions with Eric Oliver. How are you, Eric? Good morning. I'm good. Dre, have you been a clown? I've been one in the past. All right. Tell me about your clown. <laughs> so I went to graduate school for acting and directing. And as part of my studies, I studied Red Nose Clown. You know, it's a form of improvisational theater. Look, okay. So with Red Nose, the performer goes on stage with nothing but this, you know, this little red nose. And it's a mask, right? It's called the smallest mask because it gives you almost nothing to hide behind. And the red nose makes you do like this deep dive into yourself. And the character that comes out is kind of like this shadow self, like, you know, like another version of you that might exist in some weird alternate universe. And Adrian is a red nose clown. He grew up in New York City. He joined the Big Apple Circus at the age of 12, and he's basically spent most of his life as a performer. I met Adrian last year and immediately knew that this was somebody who has an interesting perspective on the self. And sure enough, he's great. I was so happy with the interview we had. Oh, and he's hilarious. Yes, and he's that. <laughs> All right, so without further ado, let's go on to nine questions with Adrian Dancing. What you're about to hear is the edited version of Eric's four-and-a-half-hour conversation with Adrian. If you would like to laugh a lot, head to 9-questions.com, where you'll find a link over to our Patreon page, where we are happy to make the full version of all of our podcasts available to our Patreon supporters. Uh, Adrian, welcome. What are you? Well, I mean, my big question about your questions is, what am I? Is yeah. like, what the fuck does that mean? Okay. Because I am carbon and water. Okay. <laughs> you know, what? <laughs> yes, you, know, you are. <laughs> um, uh, you know, what, what am I? You know, like, it's such a, like, it's a, that's a, that's a cool question because it gets, it is, you know, that's a book in itself. Yeah. The question about what are you is, is it's interesting because it's an invitation to explain to say, okay, what interpretation of this being do you want to mm -hmm. do you want to embrace? And then the then the question was, well, what is that interpretation doing for you? So mm. the problem with carbon and bag yeah. of water, it just doesn't. <laughs> it's it not a lot much. of work to work with. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, you know, I mean, on some level, I'm a I'm a grower. Like I'm a growth I'm a growth thing. Okay, I'm something that's growing, and I that's like I'm I'm pretty. So if I'm made of growth. Right. Then I'm, then that's what, that's the, that's my commitment. Okay. My, my commitment is like, is like, oh, I'm going to, I'm going to. Well, that, that's question number two in some ways, isn't it? Tell Which me. is question two is what is your purpose? Oh, but shit. That's, see, these, these is how the questions do have an order to them. Cause right. they kind of, no, no, it's fine. Mm -hmm. We, we can go into question two now. Uh, Cause that's mm -hmm. what it's kind okay. of, if, insofar as this is designed, this is, yeah. yeah, this is just kind of how it's. Well, and, but see, and, and you, and you can see like, so now our question, now this idea of growth is like totally morphing into exactly subversion, uh -huh. right? Of like, it's like, oh, 
growth can happen in so many ways. Yes. And you can just replicate and replicate and replicate that, you know, like a cancer thing. And then that's just like, oh, one thing grows. Uh But but what if you think of yourself as multiple things? And so then you're a community. How does how do all those things grow? Or how they grow they if I mean so what's let's let's think about this. I I, I've actually been thinking a lot about this. Like biology has totally I'm a kind of a late comer to biology. Mm -hmm. I think biology is the most subversive worldview out there. Because it, it it's it violates so many of our intuitions about say that you know things have a purpose so what they're doing is because of their purpose and you know that there's a mm-hmm. moral core mm, that's to right. to the world one of the ways that it does so what let's think about growth and subversion biology say says your purpose is just to perpetuate the life force do it however you can and maybe you perpetuate the life force by clocking in at the job you know, mm-hmm. whatever's going to perpetuate the life force is going to win. How you do it, well... Yeah, and if you don't do it, then you probably die. But then there's an the interesting thing about growth means not getting ossified and not getting stuck. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's always finding a way to not get stuck. But, and, but, and it's, it, but it's always, I don't know, I think that there's... There isn't like there are there there and for my mind there don't need to be infinite ways to find ways to not get ossified. It's like the idea is like oh why it's that it's that old three year old thing why why oh why would I think that why would I believe that why would I behave in that way yeah what would I have to think and feel so is that your purpose asking why (laughs) it might be I mean I really loved that as a parent yeah I loved that and I and the game I played with it was that it was just like get me to the point where I say I don't know like that's the end of why I don't know dad doesn't know that's like but it it could take a while to get there Yeah, yeah. Did you, know? you ever? Did you ever try that with your kids? It's like, yes. how, how long we will play this out until we get Hours. to the the end where? But I. Dies. But when I when I learned that, like when I learned that the end was, I don't know. Uh huh. Like that's an important thing for me to learn as clown. It's it is not because I said so. Yeah. It is. It has no clarity. It is the edge of knowledge. I don't know, and there's wonder in it, and there's. There's honor in wonder. There's, you know, it isn't like yeah. it, it, yeah, it's yeah, a yeah. full wonder. It's a, it's, it's not a, it's not a, it's not a, it's not a nihilistic void. It's a like, oh, wait, there's more. Um, we're going to come back to this, I think, in question six. All right. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> no, no, I'm just flagging it because I was like, okay, this is, this is, this is all very circular here. Yeah. So you see, we're, we're going to be kind of circling around the same stuff a lot. Who are you? Hello, I'm Adrian. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I'm not sure yet. I don't know right now. I'm 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 recently divorced. Uh-huh. Last week. Yeah. Um uh, <laughs> which is you know that's really appropriate because the who question is about who you are in relation to other people. No question. Uh but you know and 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 big in that right now is I'm a dad. Um, yeah. You know and that perhaps is the most transforming thing I ever did and I also never I, as a kid I never in, like I, I never dreamt of that. I yeah. never thought, "Oh, I'll be a parent." Yeah. I never thought of it as a mind-blowing experience. And it absolutely has has just shattered everything in the, in the best way. Why did you become a parent? I became a parent. Yeah, my my wife didn't wasn't interested in kids. Uh-huh. I love I'm a freaking clown. I love kids. I actually like give me a kid, give me a dog, you know. I'm, yeah. I'm pretty happy. <laughs> um that's part maybe that's part why. It's cuz I love being around kids. 
what was there any, I mean, for me, I had that too. I love kids. I love that kid energy. I love the play. Yeah. But I was terrified by the responsibility of it and the mm. end of freedom that, mm. that being a parent meant. Well, that's interesting. Cause you were yeah. at a, you had a more Apollonian idea of, of what it all meant yeah. at the time. And yeah. I, I was just like, Oh, I, I was a grad student. And I was like, Oh, I'm, I think things are going to go well. <laughs> You know, um, and like, and, you know, and, and I got Les- a good hunch about this. Yeah. Thing. yeah. And Leslie, my, my wife was, was, you know, had shifted from being like, hey, I have no interest in kids to being like, I, it's happening. I want to have kids. And I'm like, well, great. Let's go. Like, let's, yeah, that sounds great. Yeah. Yeah. Like when she wasn't, we were, we weren't. Yeah. Like, and well, yeah. Yeah. That's ultimately uh, her choice. To yeah. 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 <laughs> well, I mean, ideally it would be us thing but in yeah. in that in that but they yeah. i was very i was very at ease with that yeah yeah no i mean yeah. the, the the person who's gonna actually bear the child no. gets about 99.9 percent <laughs> of the decision making yes. yes that's that's how it happened that's how it happened both times but the experience of it was was uh i don't know that there's anybody who can actually understand how to prepare for that but i the, the allness of it uh-huh. was is amazing, and I think that I was confident about being able to do as well as I was dealt. Like I thought that was a that was a foregone conclusion. And I had you know I, I had had from when my dad died, I I actually saved that money. Uh-huh. Like I didn't, you know, I was very clear that like that was going to let me be an artist. You know, which is why it took me six years to get out of New York as opposed to one. So partly my confidence was just that. Oh, I can do this. How has being a parent changed who you are? Yeah, I have no way of knowing how it hasn't, right? Like it, like it is in every way. Like yeah. I, like for, well, I mean, I went, I was like right now, I'm not with my kids. They're at my house. And three months ago, that had never happened. There would be no way that I wasn't making dinner for them tonight. Yeah. And it happens to be that they're, they both hate me. <laughs> no, <laughs> no. They became teenagers. Yes. Well, it became. Well, I mean, no. This is real. Yeah. This is yeah. real, right? Like, so my they don't necessarily want me there. Like, it's yeah. way easier. Oh my sometimes, god! Yeah. Right? Yeah. And like, you know, so I just called Simone and say, "Hey, you know, I'm taking this. this is taking long." She's like, "Oh, good. I'll have some ramen." And I'm actually, you know, again, this is a growth thing, right? I'm like, oh, five years ago, that would have that would that could have challenged me. Where does your ego sit? Yeah, this uh, is where I'm slippery because uh-huh. I'm protean in that aspirational way. Like I would like to not have an ego. You'd like to not, but inevitably we do. And here's the question. Is there one that, you know, it's like you look in your closet and there's all these different shirts and then there's right. one that ends up on your back more than others. Right, right, right. Yeah. I think I'm a teacher right now. Mm-hmm. I think that's the one. I'm either that or somebody who wants to hold space for multiple kinds of development at the same time. And that's easily a teacher. But it's also like, you know, essentially I believe in healing is going to come from collaboration. It's going to come from better listening. Listening in order to be affected, which is, so that's what I learned by being an actor. I think I went into acting to learn that. I went in without that skill as a 13-year-old. And it took me a couple decades to learn that for my defenses to be pulverized by that. What are your dreams telling you? Do you mean like my night dreams or do you mean like my, my aspirations? What are your dreams telling you? Oh, you're an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> I, they are whatever you want it to be. <laughs> I have become 
a, a manifester again. I spent six or so years not being able to manifest the world. Um, but I, before then, I had I was in that I was in the position of like, oh, I have to. I like literally t- said to my wife at one point, we have to be very careful about what we aspire to, because it will happen. Um, so let's be very intentional. All right, so s- specify that a little bit because that well, seems a little vague. So I was making my money by working in a collaborative clown theater of my own devising in America where theater is not paid for. Yeah. So it sounds pretty good. Well, but like, that's impossible. Yeah. Like, I don't know. There isn't, there aren't other groups. There are two other groups I know who could say that. I mean, it's like that, that just, well, no, that's not true. There are okay. Three. But, okay. But it's very but, crazy. Yeah. Okay. So, that. I mean, wow. Mazel tov. That's, yeah. that's fantastic. Yeah. And, uh, but that was like, so there was, so there was a point at which I was like, this is impossible. That's this your is dream. Impossible. It's what, impossible. And, what, and what is that dream telling you? It was telling me that we thought we were really fucking hot shit. And then 2008. And what I learned was, oh, we were the fumes of a good economy. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Like, so it was, that was the right time to do what we were doing. We thought that. Um, you know, what we were becoming was the pe- the thing that people, that theaters were using to generate audiences under 40. Oh, we'll use this form of theater to get those people in. Yeah. This subversive form of theater. Yeah. That was because those institutions could afford to have that want. And then when 2008 happened, they couldn't. Yeah. And they, you know, they yeah. started producing Oklahoma. Dreams telling you anything else or do you want to move Well, on? no, I mean, so dreams are telling me I'm in that space again. I'm in the space. I got my ass kicked by uh-huh. my marriage ending. And even before that, by the end, you know, by the ending of it, I stopped having, you know, powerful, positive energy. So I'm excited these days because I could, I'm like, I literally can feel that physically. And so my dreams are telling me right now that I need to, I'm working on growing my body in like, so I've always been leg strength and I'm, and I need to partly as a way to protect against being a decrepit 90 year old. I want to even out how that works. Are you getting imagery in your sleep dreams about this? My last imagery in my sleep, <laughs> my last remembered sleep dream was that a friend of mine directed a show at the Big Apple Circus actually. Uh-huh. And, and called me to say, you have to go on. And it was my old, it was my old clown partner. I had to go on without learning a damn thing. It was like kind of a naked dream. Yeah. You know, of like, yeah, yeah. oh my God, I'm in school and I'm naked. Yeah. But I was overwhelmed. I was so pleased. I literally. So it's a happy dream. I, yeah. yeah. I, so that's like, like the stress, like the, what would normally have been anxiety or something stress about like, you have to go on with that with no preparation. Yeah. I like reached down and I picked up a, a big piece of celery and I bounced it on my nose and I walked up. But yeah, that's, that's happening in my dreams. What I can't remember. That was a couple of nights ago. I don't remember another, I, I don't remember dreams every night anymore. Okay. What moves you? Joy. Boring now. Growth. Let's talk about joy. What's joy mean? How do you how do you experience joy? That's a good question. It's one of the questions I was asking over the, the pandemic while I was teaching. How do you experience joy in your body? Like we're like literally doing experiments with that. Did you discover? Yeah. So, you know, here it is. You look around your house, look around where you are, and anything that brings you joy uh, you know, first you basically have to prepare your body to feel things because uh-huh. your body is usually prepared not to feel things. Um, but if you open up or if you are open and then you encounter something which brings you joy, which is easily available in your home, what happens? So I'm looking at this picture 
uh, it's on my wall and it's, mm. it's from a friend who's an artist named Monica Resman. And she was in India and she got inspired by this temple she was at where women go and offer their hair. And so when I, when I look at that and I, and it, it feels me, fills me when I think about the joy that it gives me, the experience is there's a sort of effervescent quality mm-hmm. uh, that it, that it does. And that's the joy. So, so where, so where, where do you, can you like, let me go into like, where is it in your body? It's in my is, chest. It's in your chest. Yeah. Is, is your chest can collapsing, expanding, moving forward, moving back? Like, what is it doing? Uh, it's flowing. It's flowing. It's flowing. It's yeah, a yeah, flow, yeah. a sense of yeah, yeah. flow in your chest. Yeah. Or of unblockage. Oh. Uh, see, because a, a lot of the day, a lot of the time and a lot of the day, I carry around these sensations of blockage in my thorax. And it varies at various points. And you and I are the only humans who use the word thorax. <laughs> it's such a good word. I have used it with students <laughs> who are like, what are you saying? Is that a Dr. Seuss word? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, so it's flow in your thorax. Yes. That's an experience of joy for you. Yes. So I would, yes. Yeah. Oh, and absolutely. I, and I, I just, I was like, okay, what if now how that's joy? It is. Yeah. It's and, and thoracic flow. And there <laughs> is, flow. and there is, there's a great number of these reports that I've had, which would sync up with that more openness, more movement, dilation, release. Sometimes people talk about crinkling in their eyes or crinkling at the sides of their mouth. So yeah. there's some, there's some, there's some tension that can come from that. Yeah. That some people talk about, like there's a zillion things. People talk about more breath. Some people talk about like, like a like a clenching, yeah, right. Completely the opposite, but 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 I'd say eighty eighty five percent of the people talk about an opening as as an experience of joy, a release, yeah, more flow. It's it's remarkable how I, this is the really the origin of this question is when I work with my students, when I ask them how do they experience their emotions, they're like, oh well, they experience an emotion by describing it with other emotion words, yes. And, and I'm saying, well, you're just using vocabulary to describe vocabulary. Yeah. And I don't think we're really trained. I don't know if in our culture, maybe other cultures are better. I mean, this is about, I mean, I am translating that language into embodiment, into the language of embodiment. Why am I doing that? Because clown works in the moment, in the physical. What does it mean to do something? Acting is doing, not to hypothesize a way of doing it or how, or but actually the doing of it, the performance of the thing, the task of embodiment is what does it feel like to do that? Not what does it mean to do that? What's yeah. the experience right. of doing that? And and can you allow that? And then, you know, the task of the actor or the clown is, can you allow that experience to travel from the inside of you where it is easy to be masked to the outside of you in a way which generously shares it? That's a very good answer to what moves you. <laughs> Who's writing your life story? I I have no idea. Who's right? I mean, I'm I'm not. Um, I I love it because you know a lot of people I talk to are like, of course I am. I I do believe in this, like you know this. I talked about Aaron Brockovich for a second before, but like this idea of like. I think that's who we are. I don't think that we, you know, the way, what I usually say, you know, when talking about this in a class situation is like, I don't think we're John Wayne. I don't think we're fully formed. Like, you know, John Wayne's going to come in. He's going to write wrong. Something wrong's going on. John Wayne's in that room. That shit's going to stop. 
because that's who John Wayne is. Yeah. Uh, but I actually believe that it's an Aaron Brockovich world where Aaron Brockovich is in the room and just finds that she can't take it. She's not going to live in a world where that's happening. And so she says something. So this is a world in which, you know, going back to the Greeks, when Hercules kills all the demons, he leaves a kid alive so that she'll have offspring so that other heroes will have demons to prove themselves on. Without the demons, there cannot be heroes. This idea is an old idea, but it's true. Our, all, I mean, that's how my life is. The only things I'm good at are the things that I've had to overcome. Like I had to master those things. I had to face it. To- well, then this begs an interesting question here, which is, do you have to then go find demons to slay or the demons just happen to be there? I haven't. I haven't had to. <laughs> um, I, you know, the I mean, surplus. You know, Hercules has been here for several generations. No, but I mean, but, so. But all I mean, I think. I think all you have to do is relax another layer, and there's going to be a there's going to be something there. Like if you just let, if you just try and get out of the way, your fear is going to bubble up. Your self perception, like it's, it will never, as far as I have experienced. Stop. Like, a, I guess that just means I'm not a bodhisattva, bodhisattva right? <laughs> you know, like I yeah. just, you know, like, uh, yeah, that's an unfathomable journey in a quite hopeful way. So who's writing life story? Like, like what is there, you know, is there a life story? Is there a life? Is there one thing? Some people I know have a grand narrative of their life. They have a plan. I'm going to do X, then I'm going to do Y, then I'm going to do Z. Mm. And then, you know, I get to be in the lucky, happy land. That happened to me when I was 30. Like I hadn't achieved my goals, but I, I remember thinking, oh, when I'm 30, I'll know what I, who I am and what I need to do. And I got to be 30 and I was like, literally like sitting there waiting to be struck by, I know it. And then I thought, I do know who I am and I do know what I want. It was so, it was like a release into yeah. that. What, describe that moment. It was a release into like, oh, I don't have to be more than I am. It was the first salvo in the war of you are not enough. Like it was the first time that I answered that very deep thing inside of me by saying, you are, like you do know. And that was, it was incredible. I had asked my friends to bring me green things. Like that's what for, for my birthday. I wanted, uh-huh. I wanted green objects, green things. <laughs> it was probably because green is the, the color of the heart in the, in the chakra system. And I was just like, just grow heart, 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 heart. Yeah, yeah. And... I was sitting with this plant. Somebody gave me a plant, which I thought was so inventive and what an amazing green thing to have given me, like a, like, like, you know, <laughs> meta green, you know? And I was like, oh, I'm doing the thing that I'm doing. Like the thing I'm doing when I'm 30 mm-hmm. is the thing that I'm doing when I'm 30. Yeah. And that's what I'm doing. Done. I'm done. We're okay. Yeah. yeah. Like such, it was, it was a, it was an experience of self acceptance that I hadn't imagined. And I was, con- I was just like in the paradigm of non-self acceptance. Like you have to get to th- that. I am not enough. Do you own your shit or does your shit own you? I own a lot of shit. <laughs> I own a lot of the shit that I create. And I think I'm actually doing that professionally now. I think I'm doing it privately. No, like people think of apology as like something you have to do if you make a mistake, as opposed to thinking of apology as a way to reaffirm your connection with your friend who you just did something that wasn't so great to. Like just even the 
the idea of like, I'm just thinking of that as like, Oh, that's a form of owning my shit. Yeah. That's good. I like that. Um, it, it reminds me of, I have a lot of students who are the children of immigrants and they carry around this enormous sense of guilt. And so I say, well, let's, let's take, instead of you feeling guilty all the time, because what good is that doing you? How about we see if we can turn that into gratitude? And, but, um, but where do we get the, tr- like why that's not a class. Like that's a teacher. That's not a class. There's no class where you're like, oh, let's learn how emotions are just amounts of energy in a certain shape and that they can transform fairly easily from one shape to another. Like that's just not a, that's not anything anybody's ever learned or been, been asked to teach. Yeah. Working on it. Yeah. yeah. Well, okay. I mean, yeah. I mean, it's, you know, that's it's, what this project is. I mean, so. on some way, I mean, and, and in this way, like that's exactly what we teach in clown. The, the easy one to, for people to get to is stage fright. Like there's an increased amount of energy in your body and it's crippling you. What if that increased amount of energy in your body was exactly what you needed to be in the moment you're in? So what is the, do you think is the best exercise or the most important lesson that you teach in a clown class? Something is in motion because something is still. I can run. My feet are moving. If the ground was also moving, I would not be moving. The ground is still, so I'm moving. But that's happening also every time I move any of my bones. It's a huge metaphor in terms of like, oh, how do we create focus on stage? Stillness and movement. Well, what if there is no movement without stillness? There is no, there is a quality of joy which is paired to, well, what's the opposite of joy? You could go in any direction. Yeah. There's a strange paucity of our, what are considered our quote unquote positive emotions. There's very few. I have a curiosity about this. It's not even a theory nociceptors. They're basically nerve endings that are tuned to very, very specific negative cues. So all of these different ways that you experience pain, you have specific nerves for that kind of pain. I have not been able to see the equivalent of pleasure. Pleasure is something that's more holistic. I think that's the, that's the thing. Like I, Hmm. I feel joy in my thorax. Pleasure is a very diffuse signal to us. Because it, mm. it, it, it can afford to be. Pain needs to be much more specific. It needs a more specific information pattern because it needs a very specific response to it. Pain needs something. And pleasure or joy does not. It's just joy. How do you find love? I find it well. <laughs> I, find it, I find it pleasing. <laughs> I find it attractive. Yeah. Yeah. I find uh, it on the internet. <laughs> I yes. Yes, I did. I did. And it was good. How do you find love? Well, I actually really think, I mean, like I've become like a stoic on this one. And like, it's like, oh, it's the thing that's there. I know that everything is made of love. I think I know that. But how do you find it? Because it's not always visible. Yeah, I think it's a path. I think you can learn that path. You know, one of the early things that you do in, in acting is you realize, oh, you have to love the character you're playing, which is a crazy thing to do if you're a human who has taught been taught not to love who they are. There's some really interesting shit there. Um, but then you're playing a rapist. And then you realize, oh, in order to, to behave like this person, I have to think that I own things. Mm-hmm. I have to believe in ownership. Like not stewardship, ownership. That an object is something which I can own and break and it's okay. If I believe that about a China bunny rabbit, I can believe that about a person. And then when you do that, then suddenly... It works? Well, when you do that, you have to 
the thing that grows at the same time is compassion, Mm -hmm. which is a form of love. So, wow, given three changes, I am anyone. Yeah. So the Stoic view is, okay, everything is love. But love is probably the thing that scares most people the most. Really? Yeah, I think so. I don't know that. I think the thing that people are most terrified is about of is losing love. Oh, love. Yeah. Well, fear is, I mean, fear is. I mean, I may be wrong in that, but. No, no, no. Yeah. But I, I, I'm, I think fear is, is a protrusion from some larger being. Love is, is a part of some larger construct. Uh-huh. There is not love. I don't, you know, I'm not a platonic in that way. I don't think it exists in some void, you know, in a closet that you can pull in. Things aren't separate. Do you um, think there's like a metaphysical love that pervades the universe? Well, I can and, say I've had visions of it. I mean, yeah. I've done some crazy shit, and there is a mystery, and I, it makes me very pleased. <laughs> um, you know, like, I don't know. Because it does relieve the finality of death. Oh, yeah. That's, that's something that people are afraid of. I think, and I think that was part of, like, what was my gift, was, is my dad died when I was 23. By that time, I was able to move through that slowly. Like I was guilty, I was so guilty that I that there was some pleasure in my father's death for me. Yeah, this experience of freedom was pleasurable. I didn't say that out loud for a decade. I was so ashamed of that. I think that's pretty common. Yeah, but I think it. I think it was to be able to. I feel. I feel very lucky to have been able to move. I was not born into a family in which it was a given that I was going to be able to feel that ever. That's something that I did. I did that because I was in pain about not having emotions. I have this conversation with Thea a lot. Sometimes she'll say to me, oh, you're so shut down. You're not available. And I say, no, shut down is a feeling. This is actually literally an exercise in clown. The, the bad, the false, and the ugly tend to move downward and inward. And so again, this and the good, the true, and the beautiful tend to move upward and outward. Easy to share joy. So literally, in a clown situation, we are not trying to trick you into feeling that we're sad. We're trying to find a real reason to really be sad in front of you. That's what I call that a trap. Like we set a trap for ourselves so I can be sad. It's a feeling. It's about and, accessing feelings probably that we can't otherwise access. Yeah, but that's, so we're, so we're literally like this is a, a form or, or, or a craft in which we're like learning how to allow sadness to move upward and outward. And literally the first step is to physically feel the sadness and then raise the face to the audience. Soften the neck, soften the back, just literally do it. Just walking somebody through the, the experience of that. And, it, and, and, and people will fight it uh, with different amounts. Or, or depend, or some won't because they want to, they want to access that. Those are great clowns. <laughs> Where are you going from here? I am going, I'm not sure. I might be teaching more, or I might be creating groups of teachers more. That's where I think I'm going. Is performance is not something that seems in the immediate future? You know what? I, there's people who I want to perform with, uh-huh. and there's, there's projects that I, would, I, would, I wouldn't turn down. But I'm not, um, I've become an amateur. I've become a lover of that work and not a professional. And it's so much more joyous. (laughs) 
It's so, it's radically joyous. Yeah. I feel that way about history. I never wanted to study or really write history because I like reading it too much. Yeah. There's something, you know, there's something about that being promoted outside. What is that? You get promoted beyond your capacity. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I love it. it. It's an art. Theater is an art. It's, you're creating a fictive reality in which people really feel like that's an amazing thing. That's a very cool thing to be doing. Well, I think it's Writers, a cool thing to be doing it because you're with the people as they're experiencing in an embodied. Yes, I mean, this is this context. is the challenge yeah. of being a writer because you write the book and then you have no idea what people are experiencing when they're actually encountering. It. But in and per- so, performance, yes. there is that immediate and so it, right. Yeah. And then if you go one further, and instead of having as many people do a manipulative interest in like, oh, and I want you to feel this way. And this is totally me for 30 years. Yeah. I want, I want to make you feel this. I want you to feel that. I want to see if I can take you on this journey. In clown, we we propose a a set of stimuli and then we listen to how it affects the audience. Uh And three of them are laughing and four of them are not. And that affects you. And that's the next moment. That's cool. I know that I'm building toward this other thing that I've got in my back pocket. That's part, that's the plot. Have you ever done a performance where it's a clown performance and you're trying to, I, and um, I, th- I think of Andy Kaufman in some way, like I'm going to try to alienate as much of the audience as I can, but yeah. that's going to be my, my moment here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I haven't done that, yeah. but I love it. And I, and I, and I think of Andy Kaufman as he's, as he's working with sincerity. He's like, he, the, the material is like, is that, is that real? Is what he's doing real? I'm not sure if I should be understanding what he's doing as something which he's doing to somebody else, or if I'm understanding it in terms of like, oh, somebody's choosing to do that. Or if he's doing that to me, am I in this? Am yeah. I in this? Am yeah. I here? Am I, did I pay for somebody to read Great Gatsby to me? Yeah. Did I, did I do that? <laughs> yeah. That's what he said he was going to do. And then he's doing that. Yeah. Why would I do that? Yeah. Uh, like, that's an amazing, that feels more like Rothko to me. That feels more like, okay, now I'm going to sit and watch my eyes adjust to these colors and how they, how they interplay. And I'm going to just observe that. That's cool. Is, is that where you're going? Oh my God. If I could do that, <laughs> that would be so cool. I would love to do that. I would love to be going there. The place I'm going has to do with, there's no shame where I'm going. or Shame is a is a part of the game which is so handleable. It's not annihilating. I'm going there and I'm going co-creation is the mode. Interdependence. How do you answer all these questions? Well, that's <laughs> fuck, that's another well, I'm writing a book on that. Yeah. Yeah. So that's that's how I'm trying well, you to you better. And and now I'm I and I started in the book, I couldn't figure it out, so I started asking people. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Well, thank you. Yeah. Um thank this you. is a great conversation. Yeah. Let's do it for another 17 hours. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) Andrea, you're editing this one. (laughs) Sorry, Andrea, we've never met. And I'm naked. But um, but I'm sorry. (laughs) So, Eric, what did we take away from Adrian today? uh, We took away that clowns are a lot of fun. Um, Mm -hmm. Anyway, I guess which we should all know. And not creepy, but really kind of interesting and insightful. Um, this was a wild conversation. It, it went on for a long time. And, you know, we have the edited version here. And there's the full one, uh, you know, for the Patreon supporters. 
Uh, and what struck me about Adrian is how he and I, in some ways, are very similar. We have kind of a very similar kind of life perspective, but we come at it from very, very different ways. And I think it kind of reflects my understanding of the self. The self has kind of two really big dimensions to it. On the one hand is order. Um, the energy that's within us needs to be replicated. It needs to survive. And so nature orders our life force through DNA, through our physical bodies, through all our psychological routines, and our sense that we want everything to be predictable and just so. Mm -hmm. um, but there's another dimension to the self, which is vitality. And that is our life force. That's our energy. And it courses through us. And the whole purpose of living is to allow this energy to express itself. We are energy systems. We typically experience our vitality in our emotions and our actions and our behaviors. Um, and so these two things, these two dimensions, there's order and there's vitality, and they're oftentimes in tension. They need to be integrated. The task of really knowing yourself is about pulling them together and integrating them in, in an optimal way. And we can think about order and vitality, interestingly enough, through this idea of sort of the Apollonian and Dionysian kind of dichotomy. And, and this came up in my conversations with Adrian. I'm a university professor. I'm very Apollonian. I'm very ordered in my way of understanding the world. I like logic. I like science. I like things with sort of clear delineations. Mm -hmm. And Adrian is full on Dionysian. I mean, he's just, he's all vitality and energy and association and creativity and it was really interesting in our conversation seeing this dynamic tension between us because we're very similar in some key ways, but we approach life from very, very different kinds of perspectives. Mm -hmm. And um, it, it makes me appreciate the, the importance of bringing, for me, for example, I need to bring more Dionysian energy into my life. I need to like oftentimes let go of all of this need for order and coherence and structure and, and kind mm -hmm. of let myself feel more and be more open to what my emotions are bringing forth towards me. And I, and, yeah. uh, you know, I think Adrian on the other hand might say, uh, oh, maybe I need a little bit more Apollo in my life. I need a little bit more order, structure, coherence. I'm, I don't want to speak for him. Uh, yeah. He seems to be I think he'll be like, I want to go straight, like just Oppo. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so that's, I, if I, if I think what I take away from this, it just kind of reminds me of one of the big tasks of knowing yourself is trying to find that sort of balance and integration. Hey, thanks for listening to the podcast. If you liked it, be sure to subscribe to hear more wisdom from interesting and hilarious guests in the weeks ahead. <laughs>